Welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast, powered by MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. This is episode number 43, and today we are going to talk about underrated Myrtle Beach golf courses, and we're following up with a great article written by Chris King, one of our local uh, Myrtle Beach golf writers, and he picked three underrated courses. I thought they were great picks. We're going to talk about that. I also have my three picks, and joining us today is also Nate DeWitt. Nate, uh, good to see you today, uh, this beautiful to morning. Too. Yeah, it's always doing beautiful good. in Myrtle Beach, right? I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. Well, let's talk about some underrated golf course golf courses here in Myrtle Beach. You know, we have done some really great episodes highlighting some of the best golf in Myrtle Beach, but oftentimes we forget the underdogs. And sometimes the underdogs are just as good as our more premium courses. So I think it was great that Chris wrote that article because it really did highlight some great courses. So uh, do you want to start out and and talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's like, um, any of these golf courses on Chris's list and ones we're going to describe would be top courses anywhere else. It's just there's the, the, it speaks to the quality of golf in Myrtle Beach, I believe. Um, <laughs> there's so many great places to play. Obviously, a lot of courses that get the fanfare are the Golf Week rankings. You've got uh, Dunes Club Caledonia, Kings North Grand Dunes get the fanfare. Um, locals have discovered these golf courses, and I'm not, not going to say that people on vacation haven't discovered them as well. But some of these on Chris's list and ones we'll talk about are, are staples to locals. Um, good price, great value, um, great service. And that was, that was what's cool about his, uh, his title of his content piece, Low Profile, Big, Deliver- De- Big Deliverables, Myrtle Beach's Three Most Underrated Golf Course. Now, to note, he is, in this particular piece, he is concentrating on central Myrtle Beach golf courses. Uh, he and Ian Guerin, our other golf writer, also did a debate that you can scroll back on MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com, and they did debate the underrated golf courses, and they used the entire area. So this particular content piece for Chris, he's talking about the central Myrtle Beach golf courses. And, of course, you and I, we kind of we talk about the south end a lot, and I think <laughs> um, my list, probably my three, I think are on the south end. Okay, and I actually, you know, I just expounded. I went, I picked one more on the north end, central and south. So I I definitely have a variety. But on Chris's picks, like you said, they're more centrally located golf courses. He picked Myrtlewood Golf Club, Wild Wing, particularly Avocet, and Burning Ridge. So those are three courses uh, you don't often hear about. Now, many people are familiar with Myrtlewood because Myrtlewood has been here for decades and uh, it's just, everybody knows Myrtlewood, you know. I mean, I grew up here even as a kid. Um, before I was even a teenager, I played Myrtlewood. Um, so, you know, I think everybody's familiar with Myrtlewood. But maybe a lot of people are not familiar with the amazing renovations that Myrtlewood Golf Club has had. I mean, Myrtlewood is not the same Myrtlewood that it was 10 years ago. And it was great then, but it's even better now. Um, with the renovations that we've had on the Palmetto and Pine Hills courses. Uh, it's Myrtlewood is awesome. So I yeah, New, Greens, New Greens and Bunkers, 2018, 2019, back-to-back years, um, renovations. I'll take that a little step further. The, the Pine Hills course gets overshadowed by the Palmetto course, and I like playing the Pine Hills course because, to me, I mean, the conditions are – both golf courses are, are – are, generally always great shape 
But the Pine Hills, I can play it a little better. It's a little bit easier. It's, it's, it seems like it's a, probably a little shorter without looking at the scorecard. I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. um, so you take those two courses. They are definitely underrated, but then I put Pine Hills even more underrated than Palmetto, and it shouldn't be. That's a really good point. That's true. And I think sometimes, you know, the, the courses on the Intracoastal Waterway, they get so much attention because they're so beautiful and you're going to find those holes on the Palmetto. And so sometimes, you know, just those waterway holes can take away the attention of Pine Hills. But you bring up a really good point. Both courses are great to play. And that is one of those courses where uh, you can go and you spend the whole day and you get to play both of them. And I'm always throwing in uh, this about the food at many of our courses, um, at our, especially particularly our uh, Founders Collection courses, they have wonderful chefs. So uh, you can have a really nice meal. I mean, they have a fantastic menu. Uh, you know, I'm always telling people, you can actually go to the golf course and have lunch <laughs> and not even play golf and, you know, expect to have a really good meal. Uh, so you can definitely make a full day at Myrtlewood. And and while we're talking about this 36-hole facility, um, I know that we, we hadn't planned to bring in Myrtle Beach National, but while we're talking about it, same thing with Myrtle Beach National. I mean, there you have three and amazing courses and you could spend the whole day out there uh, two days just at the at that location so we really have so many options here in Myrtle Beach uh, now moving on to Wild Wing I'm so glad Chris bought this brought this one up because it is actually my second as well the Avocet oh the course yeah. is amazing do you like playing the Avocet I, I do and of course I remember when Wild Wing was a 72 hole complex uh Woodstork, Hummingbird, Falcon, Avocet. Um, and it was like, you know, the golf mecca back in the 90s. It was just busy. And it's, it's down to one golf course, but definitely the Avocet course was the best one of the four. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's hard to believe that that course would be underrated. But I think as you as you generally get outside of Myrtle Beach on 5-1, and it's not that far outside, Golf courses tend to say, oh, i got to drive a little bit for it, but, but you're not really driving. It's just um, it kind of loses, um, I shouldn't say rating, but I think that's why it's on Chris's list because it's forgotten now that it's only 18 holes, perhaps. Right, and it's somewhat on the fringe of Myrtle Beach. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, you know, Wild Wing used to be bustling, and back in the day, you had two great instructors out there. My personal instructor, um, LPGA Gwen Miller, she's no longer here. She's, uh, I think, semi retired up in North Carolina in the Asheville area now, but she was my swing coach growing up, and uh, she was jamming out there on the range. Just incredible. Uh, coach, also the late great Michael Schroeder, loved him. Uh, what a what a great person and what a great instructor. And they were tag team instructors at that facility back in the day. So I personally have some really good memories of Wild Wing, but particularly um, Avocet. There's something about that course that. I just love it's very player friendly. I can score low and I love the wildlife. It's beautiful out there. There's not a lot of homes on the course. So that's one thing that I've always uh, loved about Wild Wing. You go out there and you could play a few holes and not see one home in sight. Now, I have not played that course, um, I think, since about 2016. And uh, coincidentally, when I was Mrs. South Carolina, um, Larry Nelson was endorsing a nonprofit organization. I had Junior Golf Exchange when 
we were uh, trying to um, help get fitted golf equipment to junior golfers. And I actually uh, met with Larry Nelson um, in Atlanta, and we were actually talking about uh, Avocet. And I was I played that course during that time. But he is one of the designers, um, you know, at Wild Wing. So it's a pretty cool connection there. Yeah, Larry Nelson, Jeff Brow, I believe, were the two designers there. And what's cool, we've mentioned Wild Wing and Myrtlewood Palmetto. And obviously, people come to Myrtle Beach, they don't understand the double tee scenario where you have tee times for two hours front and back, close the tee down, turn. Wild Wing and Myrtlewood, you can get like a 10.30 tee time, 11 o'clock tee time because they single tee, which means they go off one tee all day long. So two good reasons if you're that person who likes to sleep in and wants to play at the 10, 10 to 12 hour, two good golf courses, yep. So That's for me. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great point uh, that you bring up that will help someone, especially with their booking. And, you know, for those groups that are coming in and having those late nights, that's <laughs> good piece of information there, Nate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, so um, moving on to... Uh, let's move on to my number three, and we're moving on to the south end now. You're going to love this because now we have arrived at Blackmore. I love Blackmore, good old Blackmore. Um, that course is definitely, you're moving into the, what I call that low country territory where you really feel that southern charm out on the golf courses, a lot of wildlife, uh, which I love out there. And that course is a lot of fun. You can really score low. I, I think that's probably why I love Blackmore so much because I play that course very well. Um, it's short and uh, you have some challenging holes, um, particularly hole number three. It's a par five. It's a beast, a beast of a hole. And But it's so much fun to play because if you drive the ball right, you can drive right in front of the marsh area and then hit over and try to get on the green in two. But if you do not know exactly where you're landing the ball, well, it's not going to be good. It will eat you up and spit you out, but it's so much fun uh, to play. And then on hole number eight, uh, another one of my favorite holes, It's they have that risk-reward challenge. And who doesn't love those risk-reward challenges? So you can save yourself um, probably around 40, maybe 50 yards. I don't know exactly what the yardage is that uh, you could save yourself if you just try to directly go for the green in a very narrow shoot lining with trees. Or you can go around and just, you know, Take your time on a big dog leg right to the green, but uh, it's always fun. I always say go for the risk. Just go have fun. Go for the risk. Why not? You know, you're exactly. Go, go ahead and lose a, lose a ball out there, right? Go ahead. And, yeah, don't play your pro v one on that one. Yeah, that was one too. A lot of dog legs. A lot of strategic tee placement um, mm -hmm. out there, like you say. And I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I have played it. Are there a lot of dog legs? left for the majority or are they mixed I'm trying to think no actually they're mixed because I'm, I'm thinking about the holes now so it just doesn't favor the left to right hitter or the right to left player it, there there are some dog legs so you do have some decisions off the tee whether sometimes you hit driver or maybe hit an iron in play right yeah I would say I mean there are probably more right dog legs on Blackmore than left um, but I'll tell you the the, the most challenging 
whole, I'm going to go with hole number 12 because that dog leg is literally, I feel like it's almost 90 degrees. It's, it's probably not, but it feels like it literally is 90 degrees. And if, and if you hit the shot right and, and you can launch it high, you can actually cut through over the trees, but you're taking some risk. You really got to control the ball. If you do that, I've been able to have some shots like that. And then I've also gotten caught in the trees trying to <laughs> the dog leg left is where my big cut would come out. <laughs> yeah. So Blackmore is great. And then a nice clubhouse there. Uh, just a really nice facility. It's very laid back. They have like rockers on the porch and stuff. So it's a very, what I call chill kind of golf course where after you're around, if you want to have a few drinks, you know, maybe a beer, maybe a nice cold lemonade, you could sit out on the rockers and they're right there overlooking number 18. So it's a lot of fun to watch the golfers come in. And I believe they have a live camera there daily that you could go on their site right now and actually watch the golfers on number 18. Um, I'm not sure if they still have that, but they always have had a live camera on number 18. So uh, love Blackmore and, and great staff and people down that way. So now that we're on the South End, Nate, let's let's talk about your three picks. Well, mine are tough. And, and you know, everyone's going to say that I'm kind of biased. I, I was the former head golf professional at Wilbrook and River Club. So those are on my list. And they, even before I was there, I thought they were very, very underrated um, to the point where Wilbrook, um, you know, back in the, I'm going to say mid-90s, the South End had yet to really be discovered then. Um, you know, then you brought Caledonia and True Blue into the mix, and it kind of got people looking at the South End. I, I think Wilbrook River Club, those are two golf courses that you cannot ever get tired of playing. Very nice. Um, so those are, those are two, and I had a hard time with this list. Mm -hmm. And I've got, I've got one on my list that people will say, what do you mean underrated? It gets a lot of fanfare. True Blue Golf Club. Uh, I'll tell you True Blue is un underrated. I love Caledonia. Don't get me wrong here. It's you know one of the top of Myrtle Beach. But it overshadows True Blue, and if I had my brothers, I would play True Blue because I just I, I love the layout. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's a big golf course. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Caledonia, beautiful setting, and, and I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me, but I think Caledonia kind of overshadows True Blue, both two fantastic Mike Strantz designs, but I'm partial to True Blue, so I put it in my underrated category. Now, let's talk about the sand at True Blue. There's a lot of sand out there. So that is a shot that you need to know how to play. That's that's the one thing. I haven't played True Blue in a long time. I like that course, but I do remember that course having a lot of sand. I could be wrong. Does it have a lot of sand? It, it does. A lot of waste area. Um, and what they've done is they've made the entire golf course is um, our waste bunkers. So you won't, you won't see any rakes. It's all played as waste area, kind of like Kiowa, um, mm -hmm. the ocean course. So, yeah, a lot of sand, but it's, it, it well defines the golf course. And you stand on the tee, and you really feel like you've got a lot of room, which I need. It's like I got the confidence, like, you know, you can land. So there's some holes out there you can land a jet airplane, and it's like, this is, this is pretty cool. That's um, a good thing. <laughs> so, but, but getting, back to, getting back to the south end in general, you can't go wrong with any of those courses down there. Uh, like True Blue and Caledonia, they do get the fanfare, and Polly's Plantation gets a lot of the fanfare. Right. But 
you've got great golf down there. Uh, you can throw in Founders Club, Tradition Club. They tend to get overshadowed, and you could play there day after day and not get tired of those as well. You're, so. you're right. I mean, all the courses down there are, are very unique. They each kind of have a signature theme, but they're um, they're, but they're very similar. Again, you get that low yeah. country feel. And, and don't forget Litchfield Country Club. I mean, it's been around since 1966, but it is a favorite amongst a lot of people who who live here. I mean, they love playing Litchfield. I mean, it's just it's just it's just fun to play. And I'll throw one other in there, but I think it's you know I don't know how you can call this underrated. People, mm-hmm. it's been discovered as Presswick Country Club. Uh, it was identified as a top five golf course in the poll we did at MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com, um, ranked by PGA professionals. So, I mean, that's a that's a Pete and PB die design. So, again, kind of south south Myrtle Beach Central, I guess you mm-hmm. you call Presswick Central, pretty close to the airport. Um, but yeah, it th- these lists are tough. Um, yeah. I, I love and I definitely think Prestwick um, is a course that everybody should play. I love that design. Um, like you said, it's a Pete Dye. Very it's tough. challenging. It's tough. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's a tough course. I mean, yeah. I, I can't seem to score low on that course. I find it really challenging, but it's so much fun. Uh, I'll tell you what, number nine and number 18. Those holes right there are game changers. You can be having the best round ever at Presswick, and then you get to hole number nine. It's a, it's a beast. And uh, like that hole number three at Blackmore, it will eat you up and spit you out because depending on the wind, you it is windy. I mean, I've never played nine or 18 where there is not some wind that you're dealing with, and the fairway is so narrow. I do not recommend using a driver. I mean, not unless you're like Dustin Johnson. I would not use a driver uh, on that hole because you've got to keep it in play. I mean, we're talking, it's a huge body of water, a very skinny fairway that you have to stay on and then you've got those die bunkers that are big big pits that you're walking into you feel like you're 12 feet down in the earth hitting out of these bunkers if you get in so it's very strategic placement on where you want that ball and if you're having a great round and you get on 18 take my advice just play it safe just get through passing through the beast so you can get on to number 10 <laughs> yeah, that ninth bunker in the back of number nine, that is, and there was a story that Myrtle Beach got, uh, either Chris King or Ian Garen did a, about the five nastiest bunkers in Myrtle Beach, and that is number is one. Nasty. You know, and I guess, aren't there bunkers in Scotland called hell? Like, it's like, that's, that would be it there. That's um, right. But, golf, golf purgatory. Yeah, it's like, you don't want to be here. Um you know, 18's a par four, and I don't, 18's a par four, nine's a par five, but I think, I think number nine is harder. Oh, oh it's much um, harder. It, it's, I mean, yeah, 18 is tough. It's, it's got, uh, there's mounting, there's bunkers. It, it's not a tough tee shot, but I think what makes nine tough at Presswick is, is the tee shot and, and the approach, and the approach shot for that matter. I mean, you got to almost put it, you almost got to put yourself in a situation where you're hitting, uh, a wedge nine eight iron in that you feel confident hitting and, and i don't know even if you're in go for territory for your second shot there i don't know why you do it because the the margin of error is so small on that hole so um yeah it's 
Yeah, but but what it turns out, of course, you either you either had a great day. I mean, you're always going to have a great day, but you're always like, I'm exhausted, or man, I want to play more. Um, but right. it's worth playing. And obviously, typical Pete PB die design. You miss greens out there. You got to have a you got to have your short game too. So. Definitely, yeah, and just the variables, just just the variables of the condition of the course and the wind. I mean, it's just uncontrollable. <laughs> yep, exactly. But, and it uh, makes me think about you know golf in Scotland. Uh, it's so much of it is just you're dealing with variables, environmental variables, yeah. and that's what makes golf so much fun because yeah. you have those challenges as well. It's not just about having, you know, a good swing and, and, and decent equipment and whatnot, but then you have the onslaught of variables. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what's great about this and a lot of these courses on this list, it, it, you know, we've got renovations that have occurred at a lot of these golf courses. I know I mentioned tradition. We did Pal Palmetto, Pine Hills. Presswick just got done a, a renovation that you don't get a lot of credit for, but they did a lot of bulkhead work out there. I was out there, and, and Jay was telling me about the bulkheads. Things like that have to be done, so you got a lot of reinvestment going back into Myrtle Beach golf courses, so uh, it's, it speaks well for the area. So. It really does. Well, these are some great underdog courses that, like you said, do not get a lot of fanfare. So it's great to, to touch on these courses because these are the courses that a lot of locals play too um, because they have you know some really good rates, good afternoon rates uh, because they are not, some of them are not the most premium courses. But again, you can go out and have a great experience on these courses as much as you could some of the more premium courses in Myrtle Beach. So it's always good to shine the light on these courses because these are a lot of courses that you and I, Nate, we go out and play these courses. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're talking about, and like I said, I go back to the headline, low profiles, big deliverables. Mm -hmm. You know, customer service is great across the board of Myrtle Beach. Um, I, I know where I'm from. Any of these golf courses that we've talked about or that were on Chris's list would be the top, top of the top. So you're coming from where you live to the right. golf capital of the world. It's like, right. man, I think they're all great. You know, it's like so... Um, Exactly. Just, and you made a great just, point there. I mean, yeah. we are so concentrated with golf courses and we have so many quality courses along the Grand Strand that even these courses that don't get that, that highlighted, the fanfare, they, like you said, you, you put these courses in another state, in another area where there's not a lot of golf courses. I mean, they're glorious. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Completely agree. Um, and like I said, I've always said I haven't played a bad, bad course in Myrtle Beach. So um, right. en enjoy them. And, you know, um, lists like this are tough and people debate. But um, at the end of the day, you, you can't go wrong playing any of the ones. Any of them. Exactly. So if you want to play some of these courses and you're listening to this podcast, uh, you should consider maybe an underdog Myrtle Beach golf package. And you can actually go to MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. You can speak with one of our golf directors. Mention some of these courses. Maybe you want to go play Willbrook, True Blue, and Press. Presswick, some of Nate's picks, or maybe it's Arcadian Shores and Wild Wing, Avocet, and Blackmore. You can go back to uh, Chris King's article and, and pick those courses and play some underdogs and might 
you might even find you'll you'll have some savings there too as well but again you can go to myrtlebeachgolftrips.com and you can have a golf director uh, free of charge help you book your next Myrtle Beach golf vacation uh, this has been a lot of fun and shout out to all these courses that we mentioned because again they're just as good as our more premium courses exactly always a lot of fun to talk about Myrtle Beach golf courses it is. It sure is. All right. So everyone, thanks for joining us on this 43rd episode of Gimme Golf. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time and enjoy our other podcast. If you haven't, you can scroll down on the Gimme Golf podcast page and go back and listen to some of our other golf podcasts. So we hope you enjoyed this episode.